Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Find them online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me online on Twitter and Instagram. I am at primetimekline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. Uh, you can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. We have a very busy show today. Another week is gone by in the NFL, minus one game, of course, with Monday Night Football tonight. Uh, the NHL continues on. Baseball's World Series gets ready for game three tonight, and a, series, or a season mercifully comes to an end out in Saskatchewan. So that is everything that we have going on today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. The studio sponsor for Coach Potato Diary is Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all your cleaning needs. We begin today in the NFL. Um, also, you can kind of hear that the voice isn't 100% uh, was at a concert event over the weekend, and so, you know, it gets a little loud. So, you know. We're playing through it, though. Um, the big story, I think, from the weekend is Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco is already paying off. That we talk about the, the need for a dynamic offense with this team. That, my friends, was a dynamic offense. And that was exactly what San Francisco needed. And now, when you are looking at what we thought this team was going to be at the begin beginning of the year, obviously, we thought a lot of that was it was going to be Trey Lance. That's clearly not going to happen now, but with Jimmy Garoppolo there and now Christian McCaffrey adding the, this level of uh, dynamic play along with the already dynamic Debo Samuel um, and then George Kittle, you have Brandon Ayuk, like you just have so many weapons now. And I think we saw, again, just a little bit of the potential of that with this team this week. I, I am so high on San Francisco coming off of this game. I, I think that this is... You you think of now all of those tools that we just said, along with the fact that um, you have Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator, and I think that defense is really good, uh, pretty good. Oh, let's let's not go really good. I think it's a it's a pretty good defense. This is a San Francisco 49ers team that looks like they can be dangerous, and we've been clamoring for weeks now to find out who is the second best team in the NFC. Dallas made a pretty good case for it this week against a bad Bears team, but the 49ers, I think, stepped up in a big-time way. The other part of this that um, I think is a bit of an eye-opener is the Rams side of the ball. You had a bye week to prepare, and I get Christian McCaffrey is a new wrinkle thrown into this, but that didn't change their defense at all. And for whatever reason, in the regular season, like Shanahan just has McVeigh's number. Postseason, that was obviously different last year. But in the regular season, like there's just something about it. And that this was, if this is the best the Rams can do coming off of a bye week, like this was supposed to be the, okay, we're set. We have a big game coming up, but this is going to be kind of our reset here. If this is the reset, then things are worse off in L.A. than I was expecting. And that's kind of my takeaway from this one, is that I, I think the problems with the Rams are real. And I think they're, whether it's Super Bowl hangover or, I mean, realistically, it's the issues with the offensive line as well. But th this team is just not the caliber of team that we saw hoist the Lombardi Trophy last February against the, the Cincinnati Bengals. This team is in a lot of trouble. You had a week. You had a week. And that's what you put out there. It's, it's concerning. Um, 
not to to beat a dead horse too much, but the Packers are in big trouble. Like that they are they are so clearly not on the level that you would expect with an Aaron Rodgers led football team. And people talking about, well, should they make a big trade to to go out and get someone? And I know they've been talking about getting a receiver on a rookie contract to kind of like to, to kind of extend things a little bit. You don't want to just go out and get a big name guy at this point. Like I, I don't know what your I don't know what you're really hoping for out in Green Bay. I mean, you are still only a game out of a playoff spot. The division is pretty well gone. Minnesota 6 and 1, the Packers are 3 and 5. That's going to be a difficult margin to make up as this goes along. But again, like I guess in a mediocre NFC, you still have that hope of like squeaking into the playoffs and then right now the team that squeaks into the playoffs would be playing the Vikings in the first round. If you think you own that matchup too, maybe it's still worth it to, to push your way in. But I really do think that that's kind of whistling by the graveyard here. I, I think that this team needs needs a lot of help. I, I And I know a lot of people are just focusing on the receivers here, but um, like you, you held Buffalo to 27, so I guess that's good. But there's just, the offensive line has needed work for a while, and they haven't really accomplished that. Um, obviously, there, there's a need for at least one more playmaker in this offense, but things are just, things are really, really rough in Green Bay. Overall, though, this seemed like a fun weekend in the NFL. Offenses are starting to turn it around a little bit, and we've we've seen, there's there's been a lot of podcasts, there's been a lot of written about um, how... Offenses have been down to start this season, and, and we're seeing a lot of unders cashing and things like that. It, it seemed like things course corrected really quickly, and I wonder if we're now we're around the halfway point of the season. It's starting to feel like these offenses are going to to start to to figure things out a little bit. I wonder if we're going to start to see a few more overs here as the the weeks go on. And just one last one here. Um, th- this was a really really tough week for my football team, the Vegas Raiders. Um, to to lose twenty four nothing to New Orleans. They had some momentum coming off of the last couple of weeks. It felt like things were building, and this was not a loss that this team could afford if they wanted to make a push towards the postseason. They are now two games out of a playoff spot and have to jump over um, the Broncos, the Colts, the Patriots, the Bengals, and the Chargers to get into a playoff spot. Like, it just, it feels like that one was the one that kind of knocked them out of the postseason, that that felt like the real devastating loss. And now, like, there's there's still a lot of season left. Teams can turn things around, but I think now for the Raiders, difficult questions already about the offseason with what do you do with Josh Jacobs as he's been balling out and he just had kind of an average game last week against, uh, or yesterday against New Orleans. What do you do with him? How can you continue to grow and continue to progress? Obviously, the defense needs some work, so we'll see what the Raiders are able to do um, as this kind of season drags on for them, a season that a lot of people had a lot of optimism for, and now it just kind of feels like it is just like slowly, slowly, slowly fading away. The music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent, with X is where the A's would be, and find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. Another week gone by in the NHL as well. We will start with the Calgary Flames coming off of a Battle of Alberta loss to the Edmonton Oilers, and you're starting to see a few more pitchforks out for Jacob Markstrom. I do believe that it is easy to focus on 
a lot of the bad goals that he lets in. And it's it's one a game where it is just devastating for you. And like that's it's it's it is frustrating. Don't get me wrong. It is frustrating and he is not playing like the goal you wanted to see him play this year. I think the calls that you need to see more of Ladar, and I, I think you need more of Ladar, but that is just to rest Markstrom. It is not so that you can have a Edmonton 1A1B situation. It is you you need to to give this guy a bit of a break. But I also I I know like there's only one battle of Alberta left. You have to put Markstrom back in for that game. I don't think there's any way you can't put Markstrom back in for that game just to try to get something going against Edmonton. Because if, if you are sitting Markstrom specifically because it is Edmonton, there is a very real chance that that is a playoff matchup again. And if if you want to send that message to him and just have it brewing for four months before the playoffs, that, that just doesn't seem logical to me. I, I still think it's a touch of a small sample size to just say, oh, well, he clearly sucks against Edmonton and that's that. I think people are overreacting a touch to Jacob Markstrom. I think there needs to be a bit of patience. Like, there needs to be patience with the first line. And it's it's easier to preach patience when you're winning, coming off of a loss. I get you want to change a bunch of things. This team is still really good. They still have only lost twice to start this season. And we're not, we're not, I was saying 10 games in before we're seven games into the season from a flames perspective. It's going to be okay. You're, it, it's going to be fine. I think the first line needs more time than seven games to gel. I think Markstrom, you should be a bit more patient with him than coming off of just the second loss of the year. Absolutely. Vladar should see more of the net, but it's not because Markstrom's bad or Markstrom needs to be put out to pasture or anything like that. It's so that you can get the guy who is so clearly your number one in the best position possible for the postseason. While I'm preaching uh, patience with the Calgary Flames, it is tough to preach a ton of patience with the Toronto Maple Leafs. This has been a disaster of a weekend uh, and a disaster of a road trip for the Maple Leafs. And again, they are still just a 500 hockey team right now. The, the wheels haven't fallen off. You don't have to trade Austin Matthews for a third so you can start another rebuild out in Toronto. But this is... It's startling how little a shit it looks like this team gives right now. And I know we're just like going, like this sounds like just oversimplistic. Oh, they just need to try harder. And they did get 36 shots against the Ducks. That should mean you win. Um, but they're just, there is something off right now with Toronto. And Matthews gets a goal last night. That's That's great. I wonder if you mix up that top line a little bit. Like it just... It feels like this team is just dying to be able to put it into cruise control. And I get nothing about this regular season should excite the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Like the, the, this should this is not the regular season where it's all right, we're gonna prove everyone wrong. That that happens again in April, May, and June. And it looks like this team is just trying to relax and just get to April, May, and June. And that is not going to be the case in the East. The East is stupid good right now. And, like, you look at the teams in the playoffs right now, there's a couple of that you might expect to fall off, but Buffalo looks improved. Philadelphia is definitely going to fall off, but that's in the Metropolitan Division. I don't think Carolina's dropping out, and Detroit is definitely taking a step forward. And teams ahead of Toronto right now include Tampa Bay, who's going to be very good. So, I, I think, I, I just, it feels like some concerning trends are building here with the Leafs. Like, again, comparing this to the patience that I'm preaching with the, the Flames, A, they're winning. B, 
you look at like the, the things that are concerning Flamestands right now. It's Markstrom in the top line. Markstrom lets in one bad goal a game, and then he looks like a Vezina Trophy candidate. That top line looks pretty good on the power plates, five on five, they need to work out. And those things are going to happen. For the Leafs, it looks like effort things. And it's just like, okay, well, we're playing San Jose. We can kind of just like 55% it and just go along. Oh, we lost to the Sharks. Okay, well, that's a bit of a bummer. Well, let's go out and really get them against the... Ah, no, we're not going to get them against the Kings. But against the Ducks, we got a lead. Now we can throw it in cruise control. Oh, let's say we lost that game too. Like it just, it feels like they're just like trying to put in the exact minimum amount of effort just to squeak by and just to get into the playoffs. And then they'll do it. And... For some teams, that might work, but this Toronto team, you're not at that level yet. Tampa Bay can do that. You're not at that level yet. I, I don't believe. Anyway, um, and out in Vancouver, the Canucks make a trade for Ethan Bear. I think that is a smart bit of business. I get there's a lot of panic out in Vancouver because of the slow start, but they've won a couple of games in a row. That blue line might have been the worst in the NHL, and I think, well, Ethan Bear is not the savior for that team. He is at least an NHL-caliber defenseman, and uh, Vancouver wasn't rolling out six of those to start this season. So I, I think that this is a really smart move. I think they address some depth with uh, Stanika. I, I think that Jim Rutherford, um, he has his flaws at times. I think that this organization is in a better spot with this group compared to where they were with Jim Benning, but it's still... Like that, the, these are improvements, and these are step forwards. This team, or steps forward, sorry. This team is nowhere close to even considering being a Stanley Cup contender right now. In the world of baseball, we are getting ready for Game Three of the World Series, and when you look at it from a Philly standpoint, this was the realistic best case scenario, right? Like obviously, best case scenario, you won each game fifteen to one, and you are just cruising now with a chance to to wrap up the World Series uh, on home field in the next couple of days. That's clearly not the case, but to come back to Philadelphia with a split, knowing how crazy that crowd is going to be. And, like, they, they get a couple of runs late to make the, the score a, a little bit more flattering um, against the Astros, but, like, they've, they haven't looked completely out of place against the Astros in the first couple of games of this series. And now you're going back to Philadelphia, you're kind of hoping that this rabid fan base is going to be enough to kind of propel you through. So just from that standpoint, it's kind of a best-case scenario. The issue now is that the next two nights, it is Cindergaard who has a 1.69 ERA in the playoffs, and then it is, um, sorry, then it is Suarez going in game four. You, you have to hope again, if you can get a split out of these first two, and then you have a chance to, like, whether you go Wheeler on short rest, Nola on short rest, you, you need to get it back to a spot where you just need to win the Wheeler-Nola games to win the World Series. I don't know if they're going to be able to get that done. McCullers is such a tough matchup going into this one tonight. But the Phillies, if they were going to do it, this was the kind of the only script they would be able to follow. So it's been a fun World Series so far. I, I just wonder if the, the clock is about to strike midnight on this Philadelphia Phillies squad. And lastly, in the Canadian Football League, an embarrassing season ends embarrassingly for the Raptors as they or the, the Riders, sorry, as they get blown out on home field. Uh, not on home field, sorry, on McMahon Stadium field to just kind of fade away into that dark night. And talk about the Raiders having a lot of questions this offseason. I think everything in Saskatchewan needs to be under the, under the microscope. What did well this season in Saskatchewan? Was it the defense? Maybe a little bit. Was it the offense? Definitely not. Offensive line? Nope. Quarterback? 
I don't think so. Was this a particularly well-coached team? Well, for the second year in a row, playoffs are, um, the playoffs, yeah, we wish. Penalties were an issue for this team. Like, I just, I don't think you can look at one aspect of this organization and think, oh, this is the thing that is set, and now you can kind of build based off of that or branch off of that. That there is that there is nothing right now. There are question marks at every aspect of this team, and I think they have some real, real concerns going forward. So it's time for the playoffs. Playoff time in the Canadian Football League is just an absolute fucking blast. I cannot wait for the playoff games this weekend, and the, the, ro the road to the Grey Cup is on. Even if we don't know who that, um, even if we don't know who the halftime show is going to be, we at least know we're going to get some pretty good football here over the next couple of weeks. Last one for you today, we close the show with today's ticket. Just three games on the ticket today from three different sports. We start with the Cincinnati Bengals, minus three against the Cleveland Browns. Um, I don't understand this one. I get it's home field, but man, oh man, the Bengals seem like they are peaking right now, and the, the Browns feel like they are just desperately holding on before noted piece of shit Deshaun Watson comes back into their lineup. I think the Bengals win this game quite handily. I like Bengals minus three. We're just going to go uh, straight up money line with the Astros taking on the Philadelphia Phillies this evening. McCullers against Syndergaard. I will take the Astros at minus 135. And this last one doesn't give you the best of odds, but I, I think the, the, the Blues do not play a style of hockey that leads to many blowouts. So I think the Kings definitely cover plus one and a half. Again, just a, a bit of a thing just to try to boost up a parlay a little bit more. Uh, not the, the best odds, not the best return on investment for the Kings, but I think they get the job done covering one and a half against the Blues this evening. So the Bengals minus three, the Astros minus 135 on the money line, and the Kings plus one and a half against the Blues are all a part of today's ticket. And that's the show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Shout out Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, your studio sponsor. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary with a fantastic team ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Find me online, social media, Twitter, Instagram. I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. And you can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Talk to y'all later this week. I am out.